You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. to grind uh and you know what this is this is i I branded it today in my head this is axe to grind overtime it's pretty cool i'm bob i'm andy andy thank you for sitting in today and joining us thanks for having me this is um a rare afternoon recording weekday afternoon recording so tom's not here we're gonna get a bunch of tom stuff patrick's still abroad uh holiday in cambodia truly so um and we wanted to – again, we're continuing to do the uh, additional content to try to give people something. Okay. So um, before we get into anything, big shout-out to our sponsors, to Live Alive Records, Closed Casket Activities, Run for Cover Records, and Death Wish Inc. Please go to their respective websites and to the promo code. Axe to Grind. And you're going to want to spell it out. Cool. Kind of a thing to say. Um, support these labels. Support the bands. I know things are weird right now, but do that. Buy yourself something. You know, power through this weird time we've got going on right now. Yeah, it's weird out there. So really quick, we're going to spend like two minutes on this. Okay. You work in the larger food and grocery industry. Yeah, I work for a snack food company where uh, uh, the majority of of the workforce spends our time uh, out in the supermarkets. And it's just just wild out there right now. you know, people flock into the stores and mass numbers and stuff. So be safe out there. Keep your distance. I know everybody's got to get their food and get their, you know, get get your supplies and stuff like that. But uh, you know, keep in mind the uh, the other people in the, the store. other people in the store and and you know the big thing with this whole thing going on is you're not supposed to flock in numbers. So just keep your distance. You know, maybe give everyone a little buffer and be patient and be cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you have been giving reports to our, our chat about yeah. About what the early morning supermarket today? You were at a supermarket, yeah. Right as it was as opening, it opened, yeah. And you saw what? Okay, so they opened the doors. People sprinted in the store, sprinted to the paper goods aisle. You know, like your toilet paper, tissues, paper towels. Yeah. Only to find at store opening a completely empty aisle. Like spr- I almost wish I had videoed yeah, videoed it just to get a. Um, like a documentation Document that people were sprinting, to sprinting nothing. Yeah. to nothing. And, oh. you know, it's just, you know, all the trucks and stuff that are, you know, being delivered to the stores, everybody's running behind. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's just, it's wild. It's pretty wild. So yeah, just be, be good to one another and be mindful, especially yeah. when you're out there. So, um, if that's still an option by the time you hear this, because, uh, we're slowly but surely getting stuff locked down. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it doesn't get too, too crazy. Everyone stay safe. We're not here to talk about people um, keeping their distance, you know, get back. Mm. But we're, we're talking about 
uh, stay close to me. Oh, yeah. We're here to talk about, uh, we're going to do uh, a bad brains. Not a deep dive, but kind of a run through and like a, a rank them, maybe we'll call it, uh, of the entire Bad Brains catalog. I'm pretty excited for this. Yeah, me too. I mean, Bad Brains are band that means a pretty great deal to me, as I'm sure you well know. Um, I, I do. So I, I, you're the, the reason, so I recorded one of these that I believe is on Patreon with Tom yesterday. Okay. Uh, where we did a Killing Time deep dive oh, cool. through their entire discography. It was oh, really, nice. really fun. If you do not have our Patreon, please go subscribe. You'll enjoy it. There's a lot of content there. But one of the reasons it was great was that Killing Time is one of his favorite bands. Uh, I don't think I know anyone who likes the Bad Brains more than you. And I, I love mm-hmm. the Bad Brains. Like They're, they're, prob- they're my favorite hardcore band. But... You know, I don't think I can think of anyone who loves them as much as you do. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. Can, do you know anyone who loves them as much as you do? Um, I don't know. Or had such a relevance in your life? Yeah, I, I'm sure there. I'm sure those people are out there. I just, I don't know. That's that's you know, and it's funny because like you know, in a, just a total um, like looking back on things, like I can, I can talk to people and and I've you know hear from people. It's just like you know. This is all stuff that happened like 20, 25 years ago at this point. But like when I hear people say, oh, Andy turned me on to the bad brains. Yeah, you like did. People that I've now known for like 20 plus years that yeah. are like still in the hardcore, still in the punk and stuff. I'm like, oh, wow, I guess, I don't know, maybe at least in our little circle, I was sure. I was pretty early, early on. To so, so talk about your personal experience with the bad brains. So the bad brains were the very first hardcore punk band I ever got into. And I was like, it was like a year before I got into anything else. Um I'll give like a pretty quick history. I um, I have an older stepbrother who's about six or seven years older than me. He was a skater, punk, hard, you know, hardcore punk dude. In the grand scheme of things, he had a real short window, probably about four or five years yep. that he listened to all that. But, you know, me being like 12 and him being 17 or me being 11. And it, it's I a pretty up, big difference, yeah. Yeah, he, he seemed like the coolest guy in the entire world. He had a half pipe in his backyard and um, he adored the Bad Brains and used to play them all the time. So flash forward to like 1993, um, um, you know, I was big into all like the popular alternative grunge, whatever you want to call it, that was coming out at the time. And I kind of sort of, I guess, started veering towards like some of the, was like what I liked about that music was it was a little different than the generation before's rock music, but then that started becoming the more mainstream stuff. And I just had always had a... Um, I guess like a yearning to kind of find something that was a little deeper, a little, and I just, I remember saying, Oh, Bob used to listen to a bunch of weird, cool, different music. So mm-hmm. I, I just said, Hey, what was that bad band? The bad brains. I remember you listen to all the time. And he had posters on his wall and stuff. And he gave me actually bad brains live, mm-hmm. which is a really weird first bad brains record to get into, let alone first punk, punk or punk hardcore punk. record to sure. get into. But um, and then I just, you know, from there kind of expanded and, you know, started checking out a lot of the other parts of the catalog. I definitely got rock for light for Christmas, <laughs> probably like 19. So great so, Christmas present, great Christmas present. So the bad brains I got into in, in 1993, but I really, I don't think the second hardcore or punk record I got until like a full year later. Sure. So sure. I was still listening to like Nirvana and Soundgarden and mm-hmm. Pearl Jam and sure. Stone Temple Pilots while I was listening to the Bad Brains. And then I just eventually started saying, like, what's, 
what, know, what else is in this world, right? What else is in this world? Yeah. So with that, like when you think back to that time, and I mean, it's weird. It's a funny thing to think about because that's when you're discovering music, you're getting into different things. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, did you feel like the Bad Brains were just another band in those bands or was it set apart? Like if you sonically, the Bad Brains, even as we're going to get into, even in their 90s material, yeah. they don't sound like. Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, any of that kind of stuff. They they don't. And but so when you're a kid getting into that and you're into the other stuff. So when I'm a kid, I just I just thought I like like this this is weirder music. I don't even think I knew it was called hardcore or punk at the sure, time. Yeah, yeah. I just knew it was another band that I listened to that was even more even further down even the line. further down the line than than this other stuff that I was listening to at the time. And um and it's funny because now that I think about that live being the first record that I got into, just regular live, not no, spirit electricity. electricity or youth are getting restless. Um, it's it's around the time it was recorded was was post um, I against I pre quickness, so it's kind of heavy on the I against I material. And the I against I material is when they started to slow it down a little bit and become a little bit more mid tempo. So it was almost like a a nice transition from what I was listening to because I think if I had heard like the blazing fast yeah. early hardcore yes. records of theirs first, it, it would have sounded maybe too far down the line. But and there was some don't get me wrong, there's some of that stuff on that live yep. record, but like when you hear Sacred Love or when you hear um, um, She's Calling You, which are all on that live record, it, it definitely felt closer to what I had, you know, had come from listening to it's before. Slightly more palatable, you know, tempo wise. Yeah. There's some more singier stuff and it's For not sure. racing. They started add, adding, I guess, like kind of that um I guess some some jazz and funk influences mm-hmm. that, you know, those those guys as musicians were were into were into yeah. and, and knew how to how to do. So uh before we get into this, so what we're gonna do, the activity and the challenge, the homework I gave Andy is <laughs> uh to rank the Bad Brains records. From worst to first, and we're going to go through that. But before we do that, I'm going to we're going to talk about these live records because Andy's first punk hardcore record was Bad Brains Live. One of the I tell people there's three live records in punk and hardcore that I ride for that I'm like I have a hard time discounting them from bands discographies just because I think they're so vital. Uh, for me, it is Agnostic Front live at CBGBs. That's a good one. Black Flag, who's got the ten and a half? I know you don't fuck with that, which is okay, because um, <laughs> that's like that was the first ba- bad bra- uh, Black Flag record I ever heard. And I was like, "What the fuck is not this? the first? So, so what's funny is a uh, friend of the podcast, Trey McCarthy, mm-hmm. Deathwish. It is the first Black Flag record he ever heard, and he loves it. Whoa! So flipped Weird. it. Um, so it's AF Live at CB's Black Flag, who's got the ten and a half, and Bad Brains. Youth are getting restless. For me, Youth Are Getting Restless is this weird, perfect encapsulation of late 80s bad brains where you're getting the eye against the eye. I think it's post-eye against the eye pre-quickness. Um, I, I think all their live records are actually in that. Well, the, the ones that, that we're about talking about, which is live, in that window. Yeah, Youth Are Getting Restless and Spirit yeah. Electricity. I believe they were which all is, released which is by weird. SST. I wonder if there's some sort of weird contract thing there. <laughs> but they put that material out there. And uh, it's kind of a funny acknowledgement of how supreme the Bad Brains were as a live band. Like, I think this isn't to disparage Agnostic Front Live. I think Agnostic Front Live is awesome. As musicians, I have a feeling that the Bad Brains were more um, on point all of the time than, say, 
Black Flag. They were they were or, another, they were on another level. Correct. And even it, like like Black Flag probably like technicality tightness, they were there because they're playing three hundred shows a year kind of thing. So it, it was kind of cool to see that that these records. So if you are interested or you aren't into live records but you're curious about it, I I can recommend all three of those, which is live. Youth are getting restless and spirit electricity as cool live records to get into. You said it was your introduction. It was. I think it's like my a, introduction. Youth are getting restless is fantastic too. Yeah. I, I and if I had, I actually think your your live record recommendations are really good and like live hardcore live records are like a staple of like rock music period. But for some reason they don't translate. I feel that well into like hardcore and punk. With some very few exceptions. Yep. The only other one that I maybe would add to yours is um, Descendants Liveage. Okay. But I'm also a Descendants super fan. No, I think that works. It's and, and I mean what what it we're kinda noting. So why don't live records work better in punk and hardcore? Well, a uh, few factors. One, quite often bands are predicated more on energy mm-hmm. and going crazy on stage. And I like that. Uh, it's great to see when you're there in yes. person. And maybe energy not to listen to. After the fact. Two um, a lot of times, and this is now and then, the venues aren't, you know, yo, the sound at the VFW, not great. <laughs> not perfect for uh, music. Um, and three, the technology of it, which goes in tied into the venue. Who knows what they have set That's up? That's a great to point. What kind of, like, as somebody who's booked a lot of shows, to me, I have never once owned a PA. I've always borrowed one or had the place have one or whatever. And it's always been like, oh, yeah, you got a PA? Sure. Oh, is it good enough? Yup. Like, is it good enough? Does it turn on and work? We're good. Um, That's, yeah. So, so that that all that said, like, I have live at CBS. CBS actually had a good board. Sometimes yeah. you know, so that worked. And and you almost know, anything you hear that was recorded live at CBS is usually pretty good. And there's always been rumors that um, maybe there was some post work, post production work done on live at CBS too. Maybe. Um, the Bad Brains live records were all recorded at bigger venues with yep. good sound systems. Yeah, at that point they were definitely, you know, uh, got to a point where they were probably playing venues that had a little little better sound. Black Flag, who's got the 10.5, same deal, and um, certainly Descendants Liveage. Yeah, yeah, good, definitely good, at that point they were playing. Yeah. So, so uh, Stamp It, those are all cool live records to check out. Now here's the question that we're going to reiterate as we go through and talk about each one of these Bad Brains records. Yes, is this a good record to get into the Bad Brains from? So I will ask you that about um, live, Youth Are Getting Restless, and Spirit Electricity. Spirit Electricity, asterisk, there's only six songs on it. So yes. it's a little shorter, but you know. But let's go. Live or Youth Are Getting Restless. Is that a good introduction point for the Bad Brains? It's a, I mean, that's, that's a, a, a weird question, especially for me, because it, it was, was yours, my introduction yeah. point. Um it certainly wasn't a bad introduction point. I mean, it got me into the band. Um, hard to look at that objectively, but um, I think if you, and especially coming from where I was coming from, if you had played me, if if you had played me I against I, it, I probably would have been just as excited. Because but this said, this this you you were right. You, this had a good mix mm-hmm. of of some of the material, so it's good. Would you say for someone in two thousand twenty? This is a good introduction to the Bad Brains. If you already know about hardcore and punk and for some reason you haven't checked out the Bad Brains, it's definitely not a terrible place to start because it is a good sampler mix of every sampler of, of everything that kind of was out at the time. They would go on to do 
a bunch more records, some of which highly, highly influential, but it's a decent, it's definitely a decent sampler of, you know, the pre 89 material, basically their eighties and late seventies output. Yeah. So, okay. Let's, uh, let's get into the studio albums. Uh, just as a note on this, we're, we're kind of exempting some of the like weird singles that's, we're going to include, we're going to exempt the pay to come single, which is their first record, which is actually really cool. Uh, much cooler when you put it in the scope that it came out in 1979. Like, that's fucked up. Yeah, I mean, there's... It's great. It's it's great, and it's it was, it, you know, I mean, you can't really um, overstate, like, the importance of that record, like, unquestionably. I mean, someone consider it the first hardcore record ever, yep. you know, yep. some right people there. would... Some people might say middle class out of see, vote, yeah, we'll go but with, it's right there. But it's right there, and um, Black, it definitely influenced, right you know, legions of uh, other bands. Um I, I would like to mention the I Love I Jaw twelve inch awesome. and the I and I Survive twelve inch singles, which alternative tentacles, both alternative tentacles, really really cool twelve inch EPs. That awesome. if you're a record collector, go out there and pick those up because they're for not, some they're not reason, super expensive. They don't go for super expensive, and it, like you know something that's kind of um, uh, you don't really see. There's like images and, and stuff on the physical versions that that never really kind of got out there. Other yeah. than like the uh, I and I Survive twelve inch, really really cool it's cover. Awesome. Can't um, be- can't believe it hasn't been used in other places. Yeah, yeah. It's, one of, it's some of their best visual stuff. Um, and the recordings, I believe, were reused on some of the LP stuff. Like they're both twelve inch EPs. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, both really neat. Like really cool kind of note. Yeah, and and. That's going to kind of a note that we'll talk about as we get to the early 80s stuff because the connection to Alternative Tentacles, I think you can hear that sonically with some of the stuff, more so than a lot of bands, especially any other bands from the East Coast, which is a weird note, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. No. no. Um, so I said we're going to exempt most of the EP stuff. We're not going to talk about it, but we're going to start with the uh, your list. So start with the your least favorite Bad Range record, we could call it. Okay, so... Well, that would be Build a Nation. The oh, ooh, Build a Nation's your bottom. It's my bottom. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about it. All right. I it came out what? Two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. I think. I wonder if it, it was kind of framed to me by people who had heard it before me as kind of like a return to form type of record. Uh huh. Um, and sonically, you know, uh, the 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 music. Um, I definitely hear some of the, you know, really, there's some fast, fast There's shit some fast there. parts, there's some, like, weird um, moshy parts. Some cool yeah. moshy parts, yeah. It's definitely not a bad record. Um, not by any stretch. Um, and, um, it's, it, it, it what, what kills it for me is the vocals, and I hate to say that because such an, HR is such an iconic vocalist. Right. Um, but he was in a different place at the time, um. There's a lot of weird vocal effects on the vocals. That's true. Um, and I think what really, what, what, where it really loses me is, um, for me, when I listen to hardcore punk music that's fast, I want to hear lots of vocals over the fast parts. Mm-hmm. The vocals are very sparse. If you listen to that record, like, yeah, it's like a, it's like a, a, a cool, like fast hardcore part, and like he just sings a few 
lyrics or lines over it. And I mean, his voice, you know, doesn't also doesn't sound anything like it did in the, in the old days. Yeah. So there's a lot about the vocal. I, I often say is, is as sad as it is to say that I think that record would have been better if they had a different singer. Oof. 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 All yeah. right. Um, that is not my bottom record. Okay. I'll, I'll get to where my rankings are at some point. As we okay. go through. I think, I think we both can acknowledge how build a nation don't listen to it very often. Yeah. If ever, you know what I mean? Up until this homework assignment, I didn't listen to it since it came out. Right. I've listened to it a couple of times, but I did a little bit of a dive for the homework. It's a couple tracks, a couple songs I like. I, I tend that are, that are, this goes into my bucket. And I mentioned this on the killing time episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go on killing time, the method, and it's a fine record. Actually, there's some, it's, it's a B minus. Yeah. If somebody who's looking to write a new hardcore record wants to be smart, go go listen to Build a Nation. There's some stuff you could straight up steal. No one would ever know. No one would ever know. <laughs> and it's good. It's, and good it's, stuff. it's actually yeah. So I think uh, the one song off this record I would say if you haven't listened and you want to check out a track, um, it's I think it's like the seventh track on the record. It's called Expand Your Soul. It starts off with this kind of like moshy beat. It's got some of the more fast parts. I, it's the best song on the record. Um, I enjoyed it more than I remember. The only problem, and this is going to be a recurring theme at the bottom of this list, boy, this is a long record. Yeah. I want to say it's close to 40 minutes. I think it's it's 40 or 41 minutes. So, So, all right. Build the Nation. That's at your bottom. Next. Next up. My next up. Moving up the power rankings. (laughs) I'm going to get some like uh, ESPN draft noises. Doom, 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 doom. (laughs) Moving up the power rankings would be Into the Future, which was their most recent Effort. I think 2012. Yeah, the last record, 2012, um, 2013. I actually feel almost exactly the same about this record as I do uh, Build a Nation. I just like it a little better. Um, there's, it sounds a little more concise. Um, less weird vocal effects on HR's vocals. Um, and yeah, I mean, just overall, like. He he sounds weird still. Don't get me wrong. But, <laughs> I, yeah, let's let's put it. News at eleven. HR yeah. still sounds weird on yeah. all Bad Brains material yes. he's on. Yes, but it's like it's like a, like I said, the vocal effects kill me on on, uh, on Build, Build the Nation. Nation. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's like um, there's there's a little uh, a little less of that on here, and um, yeah, I don't know. Like, and and it's funny because there's the music somehow always sounds like the bad brains like you could clip a clip of just of of a part of this record Mm -hmm. that i'm not familiar with because this one i really haven't listened to that much with no vocals just clip a clip and you could play it for me and i and i would say it's it's either the bad brains or somebody who really figured out how to how to rip so they always sound like the bad brains this record now this is a recurring theme on all the late era records i'd say from even including rise rise gotta love build a nation into the future. They go into their bad brains bag, which is to say they do things that I'd say sound like they said, Oh, remember that part? Let's do that part. <laughs> like they, they, they don't let's have do, places. Let's do the reignition part. Kind yeah. Of let's, let's go. And, and to me, this record falls short even compared to build a nation. As far as they're going into their bad brains bag, this record doesn't catch me as much. The tempo, it's re- it's almost more mellow mid-tempo than anything yeah. else. It's not like there's no blazing fast parts on on these records, either of the records we just talked about. But this one even more feels kind of muted. Yeah. And um, and it's 
it's not a diss. Like again, compared to compared to most bands' records, this ain't bad. Compared to the Bad Brains, yeah, it's kind of shit. <laughs> we got we going up to the next one. On to the next. Right. I don't even have a song to recommend off that record. Okay. Oh, okay. So here we go. Let's stop for a second. Would you recommend Build a Nation or Into the Future as an introduction to the Bad Brains? No. Okay. I would not ever. If, if you were introduced to the Bad Brains through either of those records, if you were, would you feel inclined to dive down the rabbit hole? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know if I, I would. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would. That's the part that, that gets me is that I, I'm not sure either of these records would have inspired me to go – Huh, interesting. Let me go backwards and check stuff out. Yeah, because I, I think at the at the point, if you're a person who who was getting into the Bad Brains and this was the first record you got into, yeah, I, I kind of wonder how that would have come to be. I'm sure those people exist, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Oh, there. Every everybody has a weird entry point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't I don't think anyone would have record any like no person who knows the Bad Brains material would have recommended these records to you. But it could have just been a you hear people talking about the bad brains. You went to the record store. This was the record that was available. Correct. I mean, that's how, that's definitely how it happened to me in a lot of instances with certain right. bands. Um, okay. So next record on your power ranking, because these are not recommended entry points and we don't even know what world you'd be on. And we don't think you, would, we don't think you'd drop down the bad brains rabbit hole from going to build a nation or into the future. Yeah, I, I can definitely agree. Uh, next would be rise. Oh, okay. Okay. So we got Israeli Joseph I. Yeah. So yeah. for people who do know or don't know, this is the Bad Brains LP that HR does not sing on. And also his brother oh. um, was not on either. Really? Okay. Yeah. Earl Hudson and HR, Paul Hudson, are brothers. Um, so they Rise has uh, Israel Joseph. And Mackie. And from Mackie the from the Chromags. Who, by the way, if you want to um, see Mackie look as cool as Mackie's ever looked in his life, watch the Rise music video. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's yeah. on another level. He's so, awesome. so here's a question. Um, if you didn't know mm-hmm. when the first, at what point on this record do you recognize that it's not HR? Um, I think it's still the third track. It's about, uh, that's actually, I, you know, I re-listened to some of this cause this isn't, I can't say I'm super familiar with Rise. Sure. Um, but he sounds so much like HR on here. It's ridiculous. Um, there's a part, I think in this, probably the third song, um, maybe the fourth song, one of the reggae songs I noticed they, it sounds different mm-hmm. and he sounds a little different cause he's using a different voice. He's using a different singy, singy voice yeah, than HR that, ever did. Okay. And there's one faster part, um, faster song, and then it gets kind of a more rhythmic part where he's his his kind of um, his balance, how he's going back and forth, his kind of um, tra- like how he bounces the words is so, very on HR. Okay, and I'm not saying it's not it's, it couldn't be HR, but it's like oh that doesn't sound like the dude. There's a song on this um, on this record, and again, I'm I'm not super familiar sure. with this record. How, so what's your like? If someone said Bob, what do you think about Bad Brains Rise? Like just like a quick like, like not not in like a like we're doing right now. Yeah, like kind of. Yeah. Like, somebody, what do you think? Eh, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. like to be honest, over the last two years, I've given it more of a shot. Same and thing I'm like, with me. It's got some stuff. It's yeah. got some like cool songs. It's mm-hmm. like 
way better if I was okay, and if I was eighteen. Yeah. Ask me the question. Yeah, Bob. We, uh, you know, uh, did you ever catch that uh, Bad Brains Rise record? Yeah, sucks. Don't give it any yes, time. Whatever. Yes, Who cares? Yeah. I would have said the exact same thing, even up until thirty. Probably. Yeah. Right. Right. But I, I have to admit, like when I listen to it, I'm like, oh, this is cool. I, I think it's the last record where I think, okay, this is the way I'll put it. It's the last record of the Bad Brains growth curve, and what that means is that. If you listen to the Bad Brains records sequentially, if you listen to them in in when this was recorded order, you can almost hear the evolution of sound. Yep, absolutely. Until all the this way, record. Yeah, and to rise and rise. I think is, I completely agree with and that. And rise still has a little bit of the evolution from yes. quickness. Yes, it does. They start to reach back into their Bad Brains bag, and but it's not full on. It's not self-referential in the way that um, the God of Love, Build a Nation – and into the future are. And and the only thing is, like, if you listen to Rise and you listen to Rock for Light, they sound like completely different animals. But if you yep. listen to Rise and you listen to Quickness, you go, okay. okay. And oh, if you definitely. listen to Quickness and Eye Against Eye, you go, okay. And then if you listen to Quickness or listen to Rise and Eye Against Eye, you go, okay. Yeah. It's just when you go to that one more step removed. Step away. You can say two steps removed and be like, yeah, all right, you get it. Um but yeah, I, I think the singer's great. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's not HR. It's no. sort of fucked up to say that, but like, no. um, I think he does a great job, uh, intentionally or not, doing mm-hmm. an HR clone. Um, but he he sounds so much like HR. But but like it, it re, in re-listening to this some of the, some of this recently and I've listened to Rise a few times over the last few years yeah again like 10 years ago I would have been like it sucks yeah, yeah. it doesn't even have HR on it yeah um, but that's it's like the easiest dismissal it is it, it totally probably is. doesn't deserve that it doesn't oh. deserve that I actually almost saw them on this tour oh really I wasn't allowed to go oh. see them they played the same in really? like 1994, okay, or maybe late '93, Saint Asbury Park, New Saint Asbury Park, New Jersey. It's a tiny little club, yep. And I remember seeing. I probably went to Wildside and bought yeah. the bought the Aquarian or the East Coast yeah. Rocker, Rocker, which actually was free. Um, and there was like all like the show listings, and I I just I wasn't allowed. I was probably 13. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the song Rise, and, and there was a music video for it. And for all the like bigger mainstream bands, the Beastie Boys and Red Hot Chili Peppers, who gave this band props and never broke into the mainstream. Yeah, I think the song "Rise" more than anything should have kind of put them at least yeah. in that like Living Color yep. kind of like because yep. Living Color. Let's be honest. I mean, Living Color was really Bad Brings Light and just happened to yeah. catch a, a weird wave and it, it, like slightly more produced vocal yep. effect like you put it right on top a little cleaner like slightly more accessible background but yeah I mean, for, for those who don't know Living Color it's uh, CM Punk's entrance music song <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah for all the, the yeah for the the wrestling meets punk connection um, so so that so Rise we're giving this weird like kind of like nod like now here's what I'll say coming from a faster hardcore background yep there's certainly a time where I wouldn't been like, this is barely hardcore. Yeah, I agree. And even and there's and elements to, now where it's like, this is kind of halfway metal. There's almost some rappy like, yeah, stuff yes, in there too. And that's, which that's, I don't think they ever really, they, not in, prior to that. Nope. And I don't know, I, I don't think 
post that really nope. that kind of delves into I think that HR doesn't like vocally he doesn't like that's the part I was talking about is mm-hmm. that, that um Joseph I almost he'll almost scat and kind of like hit beats yeah whereas HR will do really rhythmic singing but it follows such a different tempo and like his cadence and like he throws stuff in with his tone and like I just think of when he gets really shrilly and like ah, like mm-hmm. that it's it's so different that what Joseph this dude can do that it's yeah he's like, he's an like incredibly he, talented he's singer. technically might be as I mean technically he probably he might be better than HR yeah HR just is so so I'll, singular and unique like I yeah. don't know if I can put anyone above HR. No, I like, think HR I would be my favorite vocalist of all time. Same. Like, he's there with, with the, the best of the very best to mm-hmm. me. Um, across genre, just to be clear. But from for, for like, a vocal talent. Yes. This he's, dude's he's this right dude's up there. Maybe, maybe better. Yeah. You know? so, um, so, but, but like, maybe what hurt this record was that it wasn't funk metal. And it was something that people hadn't discovered. And I think this is – this is on Maverick, right? This is on, on the, Epic. Epic, which yeah, was – before Maverick. Before Maverick, which was Madonna's label. Yeah, yep. which Gotta Love came out. Yeah. Um, so, oh, so <laughs> – like, okay, so here here we go. What what type of music would you call this? Hardcore? No. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't. I don't think I, I would. I don't think I would. I mean, maybe now, you know, looking back on it. Broad, broader spectrum. Broader spectrum. Yeah. It's, it's a hardcore record. But it's but for it, lack of at the time. time you know? I mean, at the, at the time, you would probably call it alternative, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was filed in the alternative section at, oh, at yeah. All Wilk Music in Brick, New Jersey in 1993. Alternative metal. Um, Other. Yeah, like... And it still has elements, but this is like the final destination of where the groove, like, like maybe you could call it groove alt metal because it's not. It's totally, definitely groovy, which know? is which is a theme for this kind of chunk era. of records of theirs. Um, which I'll, I'll talk about it more on on another mm-hmm. one of the records, but um, yeah, um, so hard. Also, another thing that I just wanted to touch on with with Israel, so hard to replace an iconic singer yeah and he he was he stepped in you know pretty admirably and on the recording at the very least mm-hmm. he had you know hr on these recordings i think one of the things that stands and and what i uh and i'll mention it in my rankings but one of the things i did feel on build a nation that i didn't feel on into the future was that hr his personality is larger than life and i think you can hear that on the bad branch recordings and with rise i think that Joseph steps up, Israel Joseph steps up to this point where it's like, yeah, okay, I'm taking over this dude's mantle, but I'm not going to shy away. I'm going to be it. And like, so there's, it's weird because like if I had to rank rise as a record, just objectively one to 10, maybe I give it a six. And like when I, 15 years ago, I would have given it a three. Yeah. Um, I give it a six. It, it's this weird record that I've come to appreciate more and more as I've gotten older, but I think it's pretty cool and I almost respect it more than I like it. Um, I could probably say the same. So, I so think it's pretty fair. If as like Patrick, this was your introduction to the bad brains. Mm-hmm. Would you oh, be this was his introduction to the bad first? Yeah. Yeah. Which by the way, we'll eventually do a bad brains thing with Tom and Pat for sure. Okay. So, for the uh, main feed. But, um, would this inspire you to dive further into the bad brains? It probably would have. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's uh, it's a tough one. It's a weird placement. It's, it's weird, still on the it's, it's still on the the brink. If if I hadn't already heard some of the stuff before this, and this was I I caught this music video on 120 minutes, you know, on MTV. Um, I probably would have said, "What? what you know, well, that's interesting." Well, you know, what? Yeah, I think it, it would it would have intrigued me for sure. It would have intrigued me for sure. But um, like, I, like I wonder, like, if someone like a Patrick, and I guess you have to ask him. It's like, wh- how how did this be- become the first Bad Brains? Like, did somebody recommend this to him, or did somebody just generally recommend the Bad Brains? And he said, "Let me. Oh, well, go to this again. Go to the record store. Oh, here's what they have. This was the most recent thing they put out." Yeah, no, I, I I would hope that someone would dig further in. I don't think this is enough to fully be like, this is the greatest. Oh, I fucking love this record. But I also think it's not enough to turn someone off. Like the difference between this and as we go later, the like 2000s era records, there was no, it wasn't boring to me to listen to this record. There was, no. There's enough going on that I'm not like, meh, you know, um, a little long. But yeah, I think they started yeah. – this is also – First think, first a major label record probably. I think this is the yeah. first record in which they start writing, trying to write longer songs. And I think you can hear it more so on, um, on Build a Nation and Into the Future and even God of Love. But you hear these songs where they're kind of interested in writing these churny guitar parts mm-hmm. that are lasting like – several beats like they're they're going through this thing and i think it's an effort to write longer songs just and, continuing yeah like times. hey how do we write this and it's like these dudes were probably the best short song writers of their time and it's this transition period where it's like well we're trying to break into a larger scene alternative etc cetera, etc cetera. you got to have three minute songs and it's like fuck these dudes wrote killer minute and a half two minute songs kings of it of, yeah. you know for the most part okay so so book. so we are at Build a nation into mm-hmm. the future. Mm-hmm. Rise. Rise, God of Love, God of Love, nineteen ninety five. Nineteen ninety five. Uh, the single came out in ninety four. Yes. This was the first Bad Brains record, the first new Bad Brains record I bought, and I remember being so fucking excited that the Bad Brains were first of all getting back together with HR. They were touring. They were recording a new record. And I could not wait to get my hands on this new record. I think I probably went to that record store we talked about in the yep. shopping center yep. and like asked every, I don't know how I learned that they were coming out with a new record, but probably, in fact, it's funny. I think at this time period, they were getting a little, a little coverage in like Rolling Stone. Like there may have been like a, some of like the larger music magazines were kind of covering them at the time. Um, so it was the first new, um, Bad Brains record that I got. Um, in retrospect, like there's definitely a part of I probably would have dropped this lower on my list if I didn't have some nostalgic connection to it because I forced myself to try to like it. Yeah, because, because it was Bad Brains. It was the Bad Brains. It was the first new Bad Brains record, and I just listened to it so much. Um, and in revisiting it, it definitely does not. It's it's not like it's like when you uh, root for a crappy sports team and you're like, yeah, but they're my Jets. Like I know they suck, but they're my Jets. Yes. So it's kind of like like when I go back and listen to this to this record, I'm like, I know it's not the greatest record in the entire world, but like it was it was special to me because it was the first new Bad Brains record I bought. Um, some tracks, some some 
some high points, some fast stuff. Agreed. I think this is the first one, like I said, more so even than Rise, where I think they start being a little bit self-referential. I think yeah. a little bit of and this like, is the hey, one, here's, this is here's the Maverick. Record. This is the Maverick record. Yeah. Which so was, Madonna, yeah. who, who was in charge of... Uh, shout old, out Madonna. Yeah, shout out Madonna for signing the bad brains. Um, all right, Gotta Love is a... Is this... So this wasn't your introduction, but it was your first new one. It was my you first new, yeah. So well, would this inspire the the bad brains rabbit hole? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it would. I, I would, I would hope so. For, for if someone heard this as their first bad brains record, um, there's again some some fast stuff on there. You know, you know, you know me, and, and you know, I, I love the fast. How do you? So all right, tongue tea tie. You're not huge on reggae. No, not really. Good. Do, do, do you like the Bad Brains reggae songs? And do you some, like them on here? Some of them I like a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yo, I, I love the Bad I, I like reggae. And I'm not a, I'm not okay. But this is one of the intro points for me to reggae. I think it's not a bad intro point for reggae. Okay. Not, not necessarily God of Love, but Bad Brains reggae. What I like, probably what I like, so the, the reggae st- stuff of the Bad Brains that I like is mostly on the older records. Yes. Um, mostly on Rock for Light and the Roar record. Um but the reggae stuff on here is like when I like listen back to it, I would call it big studio reggae. Oh, whereas like yeah. the old stuff sounds really, really stripped down and raw, and I think that might be part of the appeal for me anyway, because I tend to kind of gravitate towards that style of sound production sound. Um, but yeah, there's definitely you could tell they're 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 using all the, the that Madonna money to make <laughs> make these like you know so so. Man, I would love to get a '90s like big studio person in, or j- really not in. I'd like to ask them a question and find out how much money they spent on this record. Because yeah. the thing is, if you're on a major label in the '90s, there's a good chance you had a pretty big budget. And I'm not saying that like it's the Bad Brains weren't a like, hey, we're giving them a million dollar budget kind of band even mm-hmm. then. But I bet they had a lot of money. And I bet they, I bet they had a big recording budget for this, and I would love to know what that number is. Yeah, so, I'd be curious. I'd be, be curious to see. All right, so that is your bottom four. Bottom four, yeah. This is before we get to any of the '80s records. Let me give you my yeah, ranking really. so far. Um, mine up to this point. There's all, a break. That's all post '80s. Yeah. Uh, Into the future is my bottom. Okay. The reason why um, I think there's a little more attitude on the others then i have god of love okay which i enjoyed but i haven't revisited and i'm like uh it's it's i can feel it it's the first time where i think hr slips off he's not bad but he's not himself from the 80s you know that's a great point and it's absolutely i absolutely agree i remember hearing that as a kid because i i heard god of love in the late 90s you know what he loses the grit in yes. his vocals, yes. which part of the beauty of why he's my all-time favorite vocalist is because he can go from that guttural scream yes. to hitting actual notes, notes yeah. and it's beautiful. Yes. Uh, so Better then than I, anyone I've, I've ever heard. So then I put Rise because, again, uh, Joseph, impressive. I like their weird groove alt metal. Mm-hmm. Then I put Build a Nation, which is way higher than you had it. You yeah. had it at the bottom, but our I, bottom four are the exact same. Just in a well, I think exactly, in a and I think they're the same bottom four. Just so this is how out. I'd qualify these. These are what we might collectively refer to as bad, bad brains records. 
They're not bad by other standards, but by the bad brain standards. They're bad, bad brains records. They're bad, bad Which brains Which is a good records. record for a lot of other... Good for a lot of people. Bad, bad brains. Bad for the bad, bad brains. Is better than good uh, most other... 90% of other, other musical acts. Um, Build a Nation has a little bit of edginess and like aggression. And I actually think HR... You know, for lack of a better term, swags more on this record than he does on God of Love or Into the Future. He just has a little more attitude. And I don't know where it comes from because Produced by one of the Beastie Boys, I believe. Oh did, really? Did we mention that before? No, we didn't. That's I don't cool. I don't remember which one, but someone That's cool. Shout out. Um, yeah. The the thing that someone I that gets me is that um by that point, by the time they recorded Build the Nation, I'd seen them several times. Uh a few times they were incredible and once they were so bad, I walked out during their set. Uh, I saw them at the Worcester Palladium. In what year was that? Two thousand one. When was the first time you saw them? I saw them at Birch Hill. With I don't remember. Was that their first? Was the first time Soul back? So, yeah, Soul it was, Brain, the, it was yeah, at yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's another thing we didn't talk about. Was, they put out God of Love. Yeah, they were called the Bad Brains. And they had some kind of weird uh, legal dispute where they were no longer allowed to use the name Bad Brains. So they were touring as the Soul Brains. Yes. So this is the exact same band. Same band. Same band. Same had different, different branding, basically. Yeah. Um, that was the first time I saw it. Yeah, and it was amazing. It was, like, incredible. Like, In retrospect, remember. it probably wasn't as better as I – is. I'm sorry. It probably wasn't as good as I remember it being, but I was just so psyched to see them. So it's part – so, yes, I. you're probably right. Yeah. But our whole group of friends were all yeah. – it was like giving a bunch of kids who don't do drugs crack. Do you – We were all <laughs> excited and it was like, oh shit, they played like the four of the first six songs were hardcore songs. Yeah. And then there was a long maybe 40 minutes. It felt, it felt like five hours. But it was of a reggae. long reggae break, which is cool for, the, for, for a song or two and then you're like, oh man – and then they played more hardcore songs, yeah. and it was really good. And I think they did an encore with Pain yep. Come and some yep. other hardcore songs. Yeah. Um, but so they so they then on sequential tours, they would vacillate. That first tour back, I think they were pretty universally good. Nice mix. Good brains. Yes. Good soul brains. <laughs> but after that, they were having issues. And, and the stories are out there, but it's like HR was off his rocker. And... Some shows you'd get good HR. Some shows you'd get HR with a space helmet on talking to a bird. And I didn't see. I didn't see any of those. So I didn't. I see saw the, some bad. Some bad ones. Yeah, and, and but there's the one that everyone talked. The Philly one. I think okay. it was Philly. Worcester was on that. Charlie. Same tour. Charlie talks about yeah. that all the time. Shout I didn't see. Bad. I didn't see him in Philly. I saw him in Worcester, and the Worcester show. It was like, oh, this is bad. Like I remember actively going out in Worcester. There's nothing else to do there. I think I ate a sausage and pepper from nice. the street vendor and like just Love stood there by sausage. myself like, all right, this is better than what's going on in there. Um, so <laughs> so we're through the bad, bad brains. Yes. Which we've noted. There's, com- there's some tracks um, and there's some cool songs. Let's get to the good, bad brains. Okay. So to me, the, the board straddling the line of, yes. of the good, bad brains. Yes. Quickness. Yep. Bob, ask me what 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 eighteen year old Andy thought about quickness. Hey, eighteen year old Andy, uh, what do you think of Bad Brains' quickness? Sucks. Yeah, same, it would, had the same opinion. Yeah. Um, Remember, older dudes, some get like would get bent at me. Like, no, nah, yeah, it's fucking good. And I'd be like, 
They're like, it's just a little different than eye against eye. And I'm like, and I remember being like, fuck the fuck off. Eye against eye is great and quickness sucks. Uh, I'm here to I'm here to repent my sins. Yeah, I, I heard. I don't like it as much as Eye Against Eye. Same. Not close. Yep, same. But and it's pretty good. It, there's some weird shit as you get, as you get deep into it. It's front loaded as fuck, if you ask me. Yes. Um, but undeniable first couple tracks. Um, I think actually I don't know one of the other time one of the times that me and Dave were on with Tom somehow bad brains yeah. came up and we talked yeah, about yeah, quickness yeah. and that little that scat part at the beginning. Yes. Um, it, uh, for, I don't know why, I don't know how that worked, but it's like the perfect opening going right into Soulcraft. Um, and then continuing a tradition, which is on another record that I really love. Yes. Um, Voyage to Voyage to Infinity. Mm-hmm. They take an intro, an instrumental intro from a previous record and turn it into a full song. So the intro to the whole the whole Eye Against Eye record mm-hmm. is the intro to the song Voyage Into Infinity. Awesome. And I love that they do that because they did it – we'll talk about it again. They did it on a, on a prior record too. Yeah, which is cool. Um, so – That's one of the things they excelled at is creating that narrative and bridging between albums. Yeah, yeah. And like they, they – they were self-aware and confident enough to create those kind of things even early on and like to be like, yeah – we know. We know what we're doing. Yeah. Check it out. So 33 minutes, this record. Yeah. Which sounds about right. It I sounds think about it right. drags a little bit towards the end. For me, it does. Yeah. Um, I have no patience. But. Starts to hit that, like, not is this hardcore. I think it's hardcore record, but you're also getting alt metal, getting a little groove metal. Yeah, definitely you know I mean? groove. This is really, I think, when they start to hit their groove, pun intended. Uh, guitar parts are a lot chunkier here, yeah. even than on Eye Against Eye, I think. I think... I think there's a lot of hardcore bands in the last decade to two decades that whether they know it or not, whether it's a direct lineage or a direct influence, owe a lot to this record. Yes. I think this record um, – and it's funny because it's not it's still not my favorite Bad Brains record. There's not five, five yeah. above it. Yeah. Um, um, but even even in you know admitting that it's so difficult to um, not note how influential – this record and this sound was to a yeah. lot that would come. Um, I think they influenced, I think this sound influenced a lot of what would come into like New, New, New York hardcore yep. stuff. And then, you know, years later, I mean, that bounce kind of yep. sound is really, really prominent. I don't want to say they invented it. No. I don't want to say they. I think the funk metal, weird kind of like early 90s, more mainstream stuff certainly certainly to this. And it's like, certainly. you could see a world, there is a timeline that quickness does really well and they're doing direct support for red hot chili peppers or they're they're getting the opportunity to be a buzzbin band um but it just didn't come together would this is the first record where i would say if you got in at quickness you're definitely you're definitely going down the you're line. definitely going down the line you're definitely going this is awesome I, I need, what else is there i need to know yeah, what else what else these guys got I agree. I agree i agree and i might not have said that again 10 years ago but yeah. um one i i definitely appreciate it more and two like i said i i, I hit me at a weird point i listened to this record sometime in the last five or six years and i was like god this there's a lot of bands that owe this record a debt of gratitude so uh we i think also we'd be um we should mention the song Don't Blow No Bubbles. Sure. Let's talk about that. Homophobic song. Homophobic song. Um, I don't – Unfortunate. Uh, it's a skipper track for me to be honest with you. Even, even 
even um, without knowing the lyrical is, content. Yeah. I, in fact, I think it took years later to for put someone it all together. To, to don't tell blow me. no bubbles. Don't I put think, no spikes. I think someone told me that that was yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's you know that's a good stain on their on their record. Um, not the first uh, of an instance of them being known to be to have some homophobic stuff. Which um, it's hard because I don't. I'm not excusing that at all. No, you know oh I mean? no, it's it's yeah, no, nor nor am I. Um, I, I think it's hard because I mean we know we have friends who either actively still don't like the bad brands because of that stuff, mm-hmm. or who for a long time didn't give them a chance because of that stuff. And like I don't, there's no argument I'm gonna make for that. I think that these are dudes who, at the very least, have admitted wrongdoing in that and said, yes. yeah, that wasn't cool, that sucks, blah blah blah. People can change. Yeah. Um, I think people can kind of see that maybe things that they did in the past weren't so great. There is actually pretty long history of people involved in this world of punk and hardcore who may have said or done dumb, stupid, ignorant things in the past and realized that they were, you know, in the wrong. In the wrong. And I actually there, – there's – there's I, I should have thought of it before we uh, we got into this. But there's I, I, there's an interview that I can't remember from the last like four or five years, I believe, with Daryl Jennifer yeah. where he's like, we were fucking stupid, you know, younger people, yeah. you know. I mean, yeah. But I mean that doesn't make it right that they did it back then. doesn't make it right and it doesn't make it something that you ignore or just say, well, well it's you part know. Of their, it's part, it's of, their part history. of the history. And it's kind of like to me the mistake we make often is – not allowing that to be something that's a part of it. It's, that's why I thought it was important for us to say that and talk about it. Um, earlier in their career, they had a run-in with the big boys, which is a really notable thing. Uh, big boys being a punk, hardcore, funk band from Austin, Texas, with a couple of openly homosexual members in the early 80s in Austin, Texas. So wrap your head around that. And the Bad Brains were dickheads to them on multiple levels. And I've read – yeah. More detailed That's a pretty accounts. Well, a well-known story. Yeah, so, so if if you don't know it, go ahead and Google that and learn some of this shit about the bad brains. That's like not not the prettiest part of this. Yeah, and some no, of that, some ugliness. you know, and it's and it's like um, there's a lot of like, oh well, why were they like that? And you can make excuses for it. I don't choose to make any. I, I no. love this band, but those warts are there. So yeah. like you know, acknowledge it. That's is what it is. Quickness is a pretty good record. Next. Quickness to, is a pretty good record. To the, Skip that song. To the great records. Yes. Okay. So there's a couple weird ones in here. Um, in the mid-90s, um, there was a, a, a couple different lost recordings um, that surfaced of some Bad Brain stuff. Mm-hmm. It's pretty neat. So the next record that I have on my list is Black Dots. Okay. Um, Black Dots is Released a, by... Victory, maybe? Uh, no, who put out that record? No, it wasn't. Well, I, I think uh, the Omega Sessions. Omega Sessions was, was on, on Victory. Right? Was on Victory. Um, Black Dots was recorded with uh, at Inner Ear Studios, which is um, pretty, pretty, you know, well known. Washington D.C. important, extremely important to the Washington D.C. hardcore scene. Caroline. Um, okay. Yes, Caroline. Um, 
And um, it's really, it's a raw, raw recording of some just absolutely classic Bad Brains material. Um, when it first came out, I, I didn't love it because because what it offered okay. to me was um, songs that I already knew and loved, but slowed down versions of them. It actually took me a couple of years for me to really appreciate kind of this. Um, you get to see this kind of raw... Um, I keep saying raw. I need to find another word. To no, it's, 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 um, you know what I think it, cause I think you could probably describe the first three bad brains re- records as raw. In yeah. Some way. But this these is are bit, like, almost these, like are strip, these are stripped down yep. songs and, um, like fuzz on the guitar isn't even like, uh, yeah, like what you would typically think of as like kind of like the punk hardcore sound. It's, it's very stripped down. So, and it's, uh, the tempo is different. Um, it is a lot more, you know, for lack of a better term, uh, lo-fi punk. Yes. Um, it's late at 79 is the recording, I think maybe even before that. Excuse me. Yes. I, I, think, I believe so. So it's, it's super early. And when you listen to it, it's like, Oh, if you know the bad range, you might know most of these songs, but it's almost as if a lo-fi band from Williamsburg in 2004 was covering them. Uh, but it's still like – I, I love this record. It grew on me. It grew I, on me I don't well. know the first time I heard it what I thought of it. I think it was kind of co- completely foreign. Like, wait, what? What does this sound like? You know, like because it because the first Bad Brain stuff I heard was Roar, mm-hmm. the Roar tape. And when you hear this, it's – is it halfway to it's it it is more it has more in common with the clash and the Ramones and than the it does pistols. and the Sex Pistols. There's a straight it, Sex Pistols ripoff. Yes, yes. Song on here. Then it does say Chromags or the New York hardcore stuff that Bad Brains influence or any of the DC hardcore stuff. It's like oh, this is this is almost it feels like a relic. They were, you can tell it's really rudimentary versions of some of these songs. They were really just finding their sound kind of. Um, and the other, the cool thing about it that I, this I actually did really appreciate, although I had had a weird bootleg that had some of these songs on it. There are like a good, you know, clutch five or six songs on here that were never re-recorded or re-released on any other. So like, if you're a guy who loves the Bad Brains and you have the classic Bad Brains material, um, there's not, you know, you, you're not going to hear, um, uh, at the Atlantis or no. or Redbone in the City, which is the total Sex Pistols yep. rip song, um, or uh, the Man Won't Annoy Ya. Oh, um, so good! It's so the, good. So, so it was cool. It's, it's almost like you're hearing new old Bad Brain songs for the first time. You know, 15 years after after you know it was recorded, feels completely classic. Yeah, um, yep. especially now. I think this is canon. You have to know this record to. Know the Bad Brains? I don't think it's required listening. However, if this was where you first heard the Bad Brains, mm. I think I'm totally in to hear some of the other songs. Yeah, I think so too. I think if this was your if this was your intro to them, you would. Uh, I, I, I yeah, you, you would have to. And it's funny because you'd be going the other way. You would be. Everything yeah. else we've talked you're about. This backwards. one you're going backwards. This yeah. way you're going forward. This is really some of the earliest recordings. Um, This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died 
and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street. Want to move on to the next one? Let's hit the next one. So the next one, in the, in the same vein, was the Omega Sessions. Yes. Uh, the Omega Sessions. Similar time frame of release. Similar time frame. A little, a little later, I think the Omega Sessions, and I don't have all like the recording. It was another lost recording. This was only an EP, um, and um, it actually, what I loved about it is it almost seemed like it bridged between um, like the early, early stuff, like the, the uh, Rock for Light and the Roar Sessions with Eye Against Eye, yes. because it has tracks from both of those eras. It has the song Eye Against Eye on it. I believe yes. that's the opening track on it. But then it has an, an, an amazing version of uh, Stay Close to Me, which is the, the B-side of uh, Pay to Come. And it's got a couple, I think, at the movies, uh, Attitude. Um, and it's just, I don't know what like what they originally recorded it for. I don't know if it was supposed to be... That's never, I've never understood that. Either. I've never understood I don't know if there's ever been... Because it's a good recording. That's the other Very thing. Good. It's, a, it's really a, good. It's a really nice sound of recording. Um, and it is... Uh, um, this is actually the one that came out on Victory. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, it's short. I think it came out, was it on vinyl? Was it a 10 inch? 10 inch. I think yeah. it was a 10 inch. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's just, it's like short, it's powerful. Every six songs yep. crushes. Um, it's golden material. It really is. It's yeah. just really it's, good. It's like, again, like it's an EP, so. Um, so you know, sometimes you can't really compare it to the LPs. But when I heard, this was one of those ones, the first time I put it on, and it was song, all songs that I knew yes. already at the time. But I still just it, it's just it just captures that magic that this band 
is known for. So to me, it's it's also the the last two things we talked about: black dots and Omega sessions mm-hmm. are this weird testament to the time that was before, where a band like the Bad Brains, who look, <clears throat> we talked about it, they kind of were the little train that couldn't. Uh, yeah, they were classic. They were seen as like classic. They were made like the Beastie Boys were huge by nineteen, like the late eighties, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Yo, no, this is the most important band in the world." Kurt Cobain puts a, a Bad Brains record in his top fifty records of all time. There's all these people who are like, "Yo, the Bad Brains, that's who it is." They could just never put it together. They could never put it together. Um, not even like bands, you know, not not peers, but contemporaries, you know, like. If you had to ask me, I think that Fugazi reached higher heights than the Bad Brains. Yeah. In terms of like touring, sustainability, all this stuff. And that's a band who really carved their own path, made their own choices in a really different way than the Bad Brains. And it's not to dismiss this. The Bad Brains, I think, if somebody's like, hey, Bad Brains, you guys should be the biggest band in the world. They'd be like, sure. Hey, we're going to put you on tour with Motley Crue. They'd go, sure. No, no diss, no digs, no nothing. But it just never all came together. Yet still somehow this band was able to have record, multiple recordings that were just unearthed like 18 years after the fact that, that are awesome. So it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Yeah, that was um, that the, the record, the Omega Sessions, came out in 1997, um, but was definitely re- I can't. I want to say it was probably recorded in 82 or maybe 83. And if that's your introduction, you're clearly diving in. You're like, holy shit, what's this band about? Yeah. All right. um, We're about to go to the medal ceremony here, right? Okay. Gold, silver, bronze, the top. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. The medal ceremony. Yes. So so, uh, let's hear who your bronze medal goes to. My bronze medal goes to. No no surprise to you, I'm sure. But you could guess this one. I can guess this one. Eye against eye. Fantastic record. Fantastic record. The first time you heard it. Mm-hmm. Now, you, okay, so because of the live record, you I knew, knew some three or four tracks. Okay, so it wasn't mm-hmm. a total surprise. Did you hear the Roar Sessions or Rock for Light before this? <sighs> um, that's a really good question. I, I have a hard time remembering, fig- remembering which, was which of those three yeah. I heard first. Um, I probably heard Rock for Light before this. Okay. Yeah. For me, I heard Roar Sessions first. That's the okay. first one I heard. Um, then heard Rock for Light. How did you have, when you first heard the Roar Sessions, what format did you um, get it on? I, I, I actually bought it on CD. Okay. Um, but I'd heard it on cassette earlier. Okay. Which was that. I rem- I, Amanda, I, Amanda actually owns the original, has an original cassette? Rock for, yeah, Roar tape. Yeah. Cassette, okay. I, I did. Yeah. When, I, when I first got it, I got it from Sessions Magazine. Which was a yeah, like a skate, skate, mag, a skate yeah. magazine. It also had some some music and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, that was the only format it was available in at the time. I ordered it yep. uh, through the mail. Um, but back to Eye Against Eye. Um, but so so for me though, like on yes. Eye Against Eye, I heard it after Rock for Light. I heard it after Roar Sessions after Rock for Light. Okay. I remember being kind of like, "Whoa, this is different." It is different. I liked it, but I'd also heard other hardcore. But I remember it being like, whoa, this is really a different sound. See, I had that sampler of having that live yep. record. Yep. So when I first heard this, it was like, oh, here's what the studio version of Reignition sounds yeah. like. Here's what the studio version of Sacred Love sounds like. Which, by the way, um, weird vocal effect on Sacred Love. 
doesn't the, bother you? The, the urban legend. and oh, I, that's, think, I think it's confirmed. Is that confirmed? They talk okay. about it in documentary. So, I, and if you remember uh, back to the beginning of uh, the episode, me talking about um, how I had an older stepbrother who got me into into the Bad Brains. Um, when I finally heard this record, he, he, he said, I, and I don't know how much of this actually came out to be exactly true, but I, from, from him, the story was the Bad Brains used to bring like duffel bags of weed with them on tour. That sounds believable. And HR got tossed in jail for it at one point, and they had Eye Against Eye uh, mostly recorded, and he recorded the vocals to Sacred Love over the jail phone, like when you go yeah, visit somebody confirmed. in prison. Okay, that's awesome. Incredible. Incredible. Um, and and he, lied, he apparently, and they didn't know what he was doing to do it, and he figured out how to do it from the phone. From the phone. Okay, yeah. Um, Incredible. Uh, and the lyrics reflect that you're in. Uh, uh, I'm in here. You're, you're out, out there. there. Yeah. So good. Um, I love this record. It it's easily in my top twenty hardcore records of all time. Maybe top ten. And it's it's hard because so are the next two. <laughs> um, but this record's so good. I, I if you like um, anything from. Like, like I think this this record directly influenced New York hardcore mm-hmm. from like eighty eight to ninety to beyond. Yeah, I think if you listen to Eye Against Eye, you have to hear the influence it has on stuff like Burn, a lot oh, yeah. of other grooving stuff. I would even say Madball. Mad, oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. Um, this and Quickness, I feel like. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I just think this, like, you can't be understated how important the Bad Brains were just no. on hardcore. And I mean, even even stuff like Quicksand, I think Eye Against Eye has a big impact. Yeah, I, I, and like post hardcore, I think that they were doing stuff guitar wise that you can pick up on a lot of alternative and underground and hardcore music from that point on. It starts on Eye Against Eye and continues through Quickness. And I think those two records reverberated in a way that impacted all these different other points that then impacted even more. I always think about this when I think about records that I wasn't around for when they came out. So it would be cool to hear somebody's perspective on something like this. But because there was maybe a softening of the sound on this record from the previous records, like, do you think that turned some people away? Like, like, I mean, there's a lot more sing-songy... Oh, also, not a lot of reggae. Is there any reggae on here? Oh. Um, Secret 77? No, because they, 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 it kind of parallels. with no reggae. It par- yeah, because they do some more of the, like, it's more like prog rock. Like yeah. prog, mellow, like. That's kind of. Because Secret 77. That's yeah. not a reggae song. No, no, not at all. Yeah, but, that's so they, interesting. So, yeah. so, so they have, yeah, that is, I just thought about that. So they have these. They they, they, they they infuse this like kind of jazz and funk influences for the first time. Um, they HR sings a lot more. He still screams at some time, at yeah. some points, but he sings a lot more than he did on the previous records. And I mean, just those just those other influences added into it. If you're like a die diehard, died in the wool early 80s like punk hardcore fan i could see that turning you away but i could see that no i can see some of that shit is so fucking catchy like so built in she's calling you is like like play that at my my funeral like (laughs) yo that's the part about the bad brains is that i think if they're one of your entry point bands if they're an early band for you and if you haven't gotten into them good god please do but they're an entry point band for you 
they really give you a breath of what can be done in this world and in this music lane that, you know, like, as we start to say this, like, this is moving away. This is moving pretty left to center from, like, fast punk music. If you listen to Negative Approach and then listen to Eye Against Eye, they're pretty different things. But and they're both on my menu. There were, I think, there were not a lot of bands that came from the hardcore punk world that started trying to go in a different direction and pulled it off. Yeah, like the like they did. No, I mean, they they. If you listen to Rock for Light and then you listen to Eye Against Eye, mm-hmm. um, just list you know the record that went directly before and the record that went directly after. They're two very different sounds, and they're classics. You know, I think it's, it's almost inarguable. Even if you don't like the band, it's like, oh, Bad Range Rock for Light's not a classic punk or hardcore record. Okay. <laughs> I Against Eyes not a classic punk hardcore record. Okay. Yeah. Like, you can't argue the status. Um, inarguable. One other point, because you brought up the No Rega on this record, this is also during the midst of HR doing Human Rights. Oh, his other project, his other project, which I actually really like. The first couple records, it's about love. It's about love. Uh, uh, Happy birthday, my son. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Um, <laughs> um, there are some really cool songs. There's actually some hardcore ish stuff going yeah, on in the first. That couple first, records. that first HR EP. Yep. There's a couple songs on there that if you if you are that that diehard like old school hardcore bad. If you don't fuck with Eye Against Eye, mm-hmm. if you're a bad brains. Early era Early stuff. Era only. There's a couple songs, and you don't know. There's a couple songs on that first HR EP that sound like lost stuff from the Roar yeah. sessions. It's it's funny because HR is almost inverted Bad Brains. It's like, oh, Bad Brains LP. It's like twelve songs, nine hardcore songs, three reggae songs. It's like, oh, HR record, like eight songs, five or six reggae songs, two hardcore songs. And and I I would I would. Maybe maybe if you ask me in ten more years, I might change my opinion on this. But I'll still say the majority of the other HR solo project stuff is pretty pretty bad, not, not great. The first couple records I like. I'll put together a, a playlist. Okay. Um, okay. Nice. So this is this is where we get interesting. We've got the gold and silver medalists here. Mm-hmm. It's the Roar Sessions, which is Bad Brain self titled Lightning mm-hmm. Striking Lightning the Capital. Lightning Striking the Capital. Everybody knows that. Versus Rock for Light. Yep. Heavyweights. A lot of the same songs. Yeah, yep. Different recording sessions? Yep, completely different. Parse it. Give it to me. What do you think? This is so tough. It's it's super tough. Super tough for me. I think if you're a big Bad Brains fan in any way, this is a really tough conversation. Yeah, this is a really tough conversation. It is... It's like... I'm trying to think of something to compare it to, like in closeness of how much I love the two two of these records. Mm -hmm. Um... But I'm I'm struggling, so I'm just going to get into it. Yeah, the roar, silver medal would be the roar. Okay, good. Uh, yes. Set. Okay, I'm the same. Oh, are you? Yes, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's because maybe I heard Rock for Light first. I don't. I, I have. I don't know. There are things about the roar uh, uh, record, the uh, self-titled, that I love so much that yes. aren't on any of the other records. First of all, yes. some of the divergent songs because there are a lot of the same songs, but yeah. you have don't need it. You have paid, you have a, a different recording of, of pay to come from the pay to come seven. Yes. Which is the pay to come considerably seven, faster. Yeah. The pay to come version on roar is unreal. Like unreal. it's almost unbelievable to listen to it. Yeah. You have the song regulator, which, which is a, a, you know, top three bad brain song of all time, not on rock for life. Which puts it in a top on, five hardcore song of, of all time. time. Yeah. Uh, only on, only on, on the roar. 
Um, and then even like I Love I Ja, like awesome, great reggae song. Um, the so the production, the production of there's there's a thing that I talk about on the production of uh, uh, Roar, and I'm not a gear guy. I've played in a bunch of bands. I've never been like a big gear guy. I'm not a sound engineer. So somebody who's more well-versed in that type of thing uh, could probably explain this to me or probably replicate it. And I'd like you for, for I'd like for you to replicate Let's it. Let's get some feedback. It's, it is the, um, the sound that I, I, I can only think has to be a pedal that uh, Dr. No is using before he goes into like the solos on some of the songs. Yeah. It, specifically the solo on the, on big takeover. This is how much I've listened to this record. This is like the little, when you listen to records so much, yes. I got these like weird little, there's a, yeah, there's a, there's a, it sounds like, it sounds like it's being played over an AM radio station is the only way I can, I can, I can describe it. And it just, it just adds something to these records that is so just classic to me. Um, it, it, like go go listen to that um the solo on the big takeover like oh. it it sounds like the the very end of it it sounds like like i said it sounds like it's being played over a cb radio that's a, that's, that's <laughs> yeah like it's a buzzing i mean or like a walkie-talkie <laughs> so the first <laughs> but it works the roar sessions is the first bad brains record i owned okay uh it was one of the first four hardcore punk records i, I purchased um and the sound of it so in that four um, the two older, the three of them, I think I, I was 10 yard fight, hardcore pride, uh, nice. bad brains, roar sessions, minor threat, discography and descendants all bad brains, roar sessions and minor threat. I just remember the guitar sound on those two records. It's just buzzing. It's buzzing. And let's talk more about bad brains for a minute. Like there's parts on that record that I can hear just sitting here as we talk about it. And like, I haven't listened to Roar Session in a while just because I feel like I, I've probably listened to that record as much as I've listened to any record in my life because it's so it's so important and like I feel like you can – You can probably play it over in your head yeah, without you can even feel having to listen the, to it. You can feel the pulse of that record. You can feel how much they were feeling it, um, the energy, the transitions between songs, Right Brigade, like that buildup, which mm. to be honest – when I listen to the Rock for Lights version, I'm like, oh, it's almost even more crushing. But the the Roar Sessions one is the one I, I hear. Um, it's perfect. It really has a raw recording. Um, but somehow, to me, it still feels timeless. And this is sort of a pushback because I know there's people who, on their sonic sensibilities, are like, hey, the early Bad Brain stuff, it's neat and all, but I hate the way it sounds. I hate the production. And, and that's, it's really, it's like one of the hardest things for me to compute. But if all you've known in your, your, your hardcore listening existence is stuff that's a little cleaner or it's a little sharper, I guess I get it. But to me, the fact that they were doing it at that time in that way, it's just like, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't say enough about about either of these two records. But uh, so let's shift over. Yeah, like if you get if the Roar Sessions is one of the first punk or hardcore records you get, and you're not a lifer on that record, I'm surprised. That's what I'll say. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 just classic stuff. So Rock for Light. Let's let's Rock for Light because this is our number All right, one. So We're Gold Medal. So Rock for Light is my number one. My Bricktown Gold Medal. Gold medal. However, how Bricktown Gold Medal. There is a bit of an asterisk. Yes. 
to this. We're going to talk about PVC? We're going to talk about the record label PVC. So PVC records, I don't know much about. However, they were the original presser um, of this of this record. Yeah, they released the record. And it was re-released by Caroline years later. Um, yeah, so the originally Caroline, released in 83 on PVC, yep. re-released by Caroline in 1991. Okay, so I first heard the Caroline version in probably 94 or 95, mm-hmm. and I loved it. Um, but years later, I found, when I started getting into collecting vinyl, um, I got I found a PVC press, first press vinyl version of it. And the first thing I noticed was when I turned the vinyl over is that the songs were in a completely different order. I can probably sit here, close my eyes, and almost give you the exact sequence of the Caroline version because it was the version I heard first and most. Yes. And I I love Rock for Light so much. It's so weird to say that I could hear a different version, a different recording, a different sequence of it and somehow love it more. Yes. But when I heard that PVC version of it, yes, I and Bob's talking about the raw sound of the uh, roar and how that rubs some people the wrong way, and it's just all a matter of preference. Some people prefer slick recording, some people prefer yes. crummy recording, some people prefer prefer somewhere in the middle. Yep, I'm, I'm it's a, all it's sensibility. It's all sensibility. I'm a somewhere in the middle, leaning towards the raw recording side. This is a raw, more raw sounding um, version. It's not as slick. Yep. They sped the tapes up a little bit for the Caroline Records version, which I didn't really even pick up on until I heard the PBC version. Yep. And it just sound for some it reason changes, it, changes it, it changes it a little bit. And I haven't heard this. I actually haven't heard the PBC version. I, I, I think you could find it on YouTube. Yeah, if you search for it on YouTube, search Bad Brains Rock for Light Original Mix. Original Mix. You can hear it. Um, so let me read you this. Uh, this is what the the Wikipedia says because I think this is good. I, okay. Most people know. Rick Ocasek from the Cars actually produced R. this R. record. He just passed away like last year. Within the last, yeah, yeah. If you don't listen to the Cars, check out the Cars. <laughs> Some good records. Um, he produced it back then. Now, come 1991 with the reissue, he actually helps remix it with Daryl Jennifer. Okay. The reissued version, and here we go, quoting it, has some extra tracks, an altered track order significantly different mixes and on most tracks a speed increase of the master which results in a raising of the pitch by one half step when you do a side by side this is very noticeable you can hear it now going to the part about the uh track listing just to give you an idea of how different it is i'll read you the side a from the original vinyl versus the remastered reissued cd uh side a original pvc mix Coptic Times, Attitude, We Will Not, Sailing On, Rally Round Jaw Throne, Right Brigade, FVK, Riot Squad, The Meek Shall Inherit the Earth. Okay, so that's the first nine songs. On the remaster, Big Takeover, Attitude, Right Brigade, Joshua's Song, I and I Survive, Band in DC, Super Touch, Destroy Babylon, FVK. It's like a completely different sequence. Totally different sequence. And I was I was so used to hearing it with Big Takeover opening it. And it's funny because yeah. I know we were going to maybe mention this a little bit. But um, Big Takeover, um, I, I believe from some videos that I've seen of them live around that time period was like a set opener for them. Yes. And it's a fantastic opener. Oh, there's that, there's that, um, that live um, – it was a DVD 
at the time of them live at CBGB's from like 82, 82. Mm-hmm. that surfaced and they opened with Big Takeover. And if you can watch the first 30 seconds of that and not feel something, then um, I feel bad. For it's you. a great, it's a great, uh, the who's dr- who too. If you're watching, who, the, you drum, the drum bass is pumping. Ugh. People are diving before they, they even hit a note on the, on the instruments. And I actually learned something. I remember the first time I watched that, um, how, I always would listen to the song Big Takeover, and I would I would say, how does Dr. No make that noise on his guitar? Yeah. That sounds like nothing on a guitar yeah. I've ever heard before. And if you watch it, you can see how he does it. And I've what you do? I've st- I st- I've stolen it a couple times. The only thing, the only way I could describe it is he holds his pick sideways and very quickly hammers the yeah. frets from starting from like the very high frets mm-hmm. and slowly. Like hammer, kind of, hammers with with his one hand fast, yeah. going all the way down, um, and I've totally stolen that move ever since I've seen it. Um, Interesting. I've used it. I've used it a few times, but um, um, it, he also just is looks like the coolest motherfucker on the face of the planet when you watch. <laughs> In 1982, I think he yeah, might have been. He was. So, so Rock for Light, the original version is uh, it's better, and yeah. even and even that, yo, the the reissued remastered CD is fucking great. Um, so. This is to me one of the best punk hardcore records of all time. Um, I don't. It's one of the ones I, uh, for our New York hardcore listen. We we said um, something could be in the highest tier, the god tier, if you could hear someone say, "Well, you know what? I like this record that band put out as much as Age of Quarrel or Victim in Pain." I have to hear arguments for someone to tell me they like those records more than Rock for Life. It's it's right there for me. It's in there. I I, I might like Age of Quarrel more than Rock for Light, but I might not. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. It's in that like the cool thing about life is you don't always have to rate rank things. Yeah, you can just it's have a Mount Rush. It's, it's fun so to do. Fun. It, exactly. You know, for to talk about because because it, it makes you think about questions. Okay, a question that came up: breakdown demo or the raw deal demo. Ah, uh, breakdown demo for okay, me. Okay. Yeah, raw deal demo is great. So do you guys good. talk about the raw deal demo? We one? Okay, yes, of course. Um. So, anyways. Rock for Light's perfect. Um, I think if you listen to Rock for Light and you don't get into American hardcore and punk, uh, I, I, you, you have no heart. You have no soul. Um, and, and people who hate the bad brains for non – like, yo, if you hate them because of the politics of them, I totally get it. Like that is a very, very valid reason and I accept that and I'm with it. If you don't like the bad brains on the sound – I want to hear that. I want to hear about that because that's kind of interesting. Can, you, can someone make an argument that like there's something sonically yeah. – like a, kind of fan of, of old school like hardcore and punk. Can someone actually like make that, that argument? So. Let's, I'll play bad cop. So, you, bad cop, good cop. OK. I don't like HR's voice. That's, I, I love HR's voice. I love HR's voice but I but think I that, might somebody be, like, that might be the one, the one thing that – I don't like HR's voice. I think the music is too technical and it's just like – Too technical but also too lo-fi and recorded. Right, right. Yeah, like, I guess yeah. I can see that. There's people who would say that. Um, I mean that to me, their own. Everybody's got to like, – Like I was saying, like guitar-wise, some of the music on Rock for Light or the Roar Sessions even more so, the only guitar – like it's not the same guitar stuff Dead Kennedys are doing. But no, there's some parallels. technical. Yeah, there's some parallels there um, in the guitar sound that I can't place with very many other uh, punk and hardcore bands, mm. especially at that time. Okay. You know what I mean, so um, bad brains. Um, the I, I another thing I want to say about Rock for Light. Yes, one that the song Joshua song gets no love 
even by like even by Bad Brains fans, Bad, Bad Brains fans, where do you rank the song Joshua song? It's like a thirty second just certified ripper. It's such a good, ridiculously good song. Um, and uh, I, I was I was listening to it recently, and I was like, why? No, I've never seen anybody cover it. Yeah. I've seen everybody people cover probably every other song on those first couple. Of you know why? I've never seen anybody cover Joshua's song. Okay, you know why? Because is it better than Right Brigade? No, no. No. Is it better than Big Takeover? No. Is it better than Attitude? Uh, yeah. It okay. might, it might okay. be. It might is it be. better than Band in DC? No. Is it better than Super Touch? Mm-hmm. I mean, Ed Brains are also a difficult band to cover, no. but. Is um, it better than FEK? No, I love FEK. No. Is it better than Sailing On? <sighs> no. Is it better than Coptic yes. Times? Okay. Coptic Times is great. Also, Coptic Times. Great. Coptic Times, like, what, what, when I'm like, what could be a better opener than Big Takeover? And then you hear the other version, you're like, Coptic Times is a really good opener. Is it better than I? Oh, no. So we just named six songs off this record. I know. I know. The seventh song on Rock for Life, better than the first song on, seventh best song on Rock for Life, better than the best song on a lot of other records. We will not? Holy shit. We will not. So good. I covered it. Um, Hot take. Can okay, I give you? Can I give let's you, get a hot take. Can I give you a hot take? Okay. The bad brains are an early American peace punk band. Okay. We, we don't want no violence. We don't. We don't no need war. no wars. We just want what's right. Some peace okay. and love. Tell me different. No argument. I, that they, never, need, that they needed gets, better branding. That never they gets need, brought up. They need, well, there wasn't a lot of hardcore punk bands that were like preaching anti-violence, peace, peace yeah. and love, and anti-violence at no. the time. I think you know what? I think there's a huge contrast. And here's another. I don't maybe, really. By the way, I really don't. I don't really put them in a piece. It's an interesting point. It's a funny hot take. Yeah, it's good. All right. There might be people who take issue with Bad Rains on a lyrical level, sure, because they're like, "What the fuck are they singing about?" He's saying, yeah. it's like, you know. Uh, so I choose to read the Holy Bible. You yeah, know what I mean, like Jaws given me. You know? Right. So there's a lot of the, the little things. Um, I think that's a good spot to stop. So uh, everybody, um, hopefully you go out and listen to the Bad Brains because of this. Um, if you, it's been a while and you haven't revisited, please do. If you think we were wrong, please do. I know there's people listening who are like, "How can you have Eye Against Eyes third? Because there's people who are like, "That's my number one," and I'm okay with that. By me the too. Way. I know. And now if you think quickness is your number one, uh, maybe not as okay. If you think God of love is your number one, we have, we're, you're coming on next week. <laughs> All right. Thanks everybody. Have a good one. Thanks.